Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So it's kind of like a day of breaking down scams. And there's a fair amount of scams that have been going on in America. Certainly there's the scam uh, of people who say you can't protest this business because they're supporting something you don't like. Well, it's totally fine to go after this business because they're supporting something you don't like. Of course, there's the Bud Light story, but now there's the Ben and Jerry story. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The Ben and Jerry story is something that I've gotten into and I will continue to get into. If you haven't heard it, don't worry. I'm going I'm to get to it. But in the world of scams, nothing... By the way, should I say what the Ben and Jerry story is? I'll say what the Ben and Jerry story is, just in case you didn't you didn't hear it. Ben and Jerry's puts out a tweet that says, This 4th of July, it's high time we recognize that the U.S. exists on stolen indigenous land and commit to returning it. I guess Vermont first. That tweet is just getting the crap kicked out of them, and rightfully so. It is Ben and Jerry's also that has the long history of absolutely despising Israel. And I know the founders are Jewish. I'm Jewish. Look, we're not all the same. Some of us are dumb. Certainly with Ben and Jerry's, it's not about smart or dumb. It's about being a radical ideologue. When you think Israel's existence is the problem, well, that's radical ideology. I don't think Israel's existence is the problem. Israel exists historically. It exists biblically. However you want to put it, it's there, and it's not going anywhere. It's like the idea of returning the land to the indigenous people. Which ones? Uh, Sorry, the United States remains the United States, and that's always the way it's going to be. And that's the end of the conversation. Silliness from Ben and Jerry's, real hate that they've continued to pile upon, and now it's coming back to bite them, and rightfully so. It should have bought them, bit them, you know, months ago and years ago. But if it's happening now, sometimes sometimes you don't know when the comeuppance is going to come. It just comes. But I was talking about scams, and nothing is as big of a scam as DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and all of these DEI officers that we have seen all across the country. A full-on USDA choice scam. DEI doesn't bring people together. It doesn't create unity. It doesn't engage diversity. It doesn't engage uh, inclusion of of any way. I'm not included in DEI. I'm not included in, in DEI. You think they're going to include a guy who thinks like me and says the things I say? Absolutely not. I'm going to get screamed at if I speak at a college campus. By the way, invite me to your college campus to speak. I will be there. My fee, you can afford it. Don't worry about it. I will be there. But you better have security because, of course, people are going to try and shout me down. That's not inclusion. Diversity, they don't believe in diversity of of thought. They don't allow people like you and me to, to, to have conversations. And it's not that you agree with me on everything. It's that the idea that you would be opening open to listening to someone like me. You're listening to the radio right now. You're listening to the podcast. That alone is reason to be excommunicated from the church of progressivism. And equity is, of course, bigotry. Equity is about the theft of dollars. That's all it's ever been about. And as we learned from Black Lives Matter, the organization, it's all a grift. 
It was about telling these companies, you should write us a check, otherwise we're going to have to think poorly about you. We're going to have to tell people you didn't really care about black people. And companies said, where do I write the check? Please don't hurt me. It's part of the Jesse Jackson shakedown uh, playbook, part of the Al Sharpton shakedown playbook, now part of the Patrice Cullors Black Lives Matter shakedown playbook. DEI was always a scam. And immediately, before, you're, before you even realized what was happening, and, and, I, and I don't leave myself out of that conversation, you saw that companies all across the country and colleges all across the country hired DEI officers and had DEI departments, and they brag about how many people they have in their DEI department. No college in America, I've only been saying this now for over a year, no college in America should have a, a DEI person, Not, zero, are you, you admit that you're just a bunch of low-down, dirty bigots? This is what colleges are doing? Uh, it kind of, uh, they are. But that's not the point. Wait, if you're looking at the holistic approach to, uh, to college admissions, you're saying, we don't care about affirmative action rulings uh, by the Supreme Court. We're going to only focus on race in terms of who we bring in to the university. That's it. And that, of course, is bigotry. But it's an interesting development when you see this story. Fox News had this story that in Hollywood, between June 20th and July 3rd, at least five different executives at entertainment and media companies have stepped down or pushed out. Disney's chief diversity officer, LaTondra Newton, was leaving her post. She's led the DEI department since 2017. 2017. So this happened, as I said, much earlier than people realized. According to Variety, Disney is seeking a replacement. On June 28th, Netflix inclusion strategy chief and self-described DEI expert, I think I'm pronouncing the name right, Verna Myers, but there's a, an accent on the A, so I don't know if it's pronounced Vernay or just a, it's just there, so, so forgive me, I've never heard the name said, so I'm giving it my best shot. She has, she's stepping down, but she's going to remain as an advisor to it, and uh, there's a VP uh, who's going to assume the role. You've got uh, somebody else uh, from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, which is the Oscars, just a year after she was promoted into the newly created position as Executive VP of Impact and Inclusion. And uh, there's, 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 even, there's even more. So in some cases, these things are being replaced, or at least that's what we are told. The question is, will they really be replaced? I put forth a theory maybe a year ago. Sometimes everything feels like a year ago, and it could have been four months ago. I think it was a year ago, and that's what I'm going with. In five years, we will have no more of this DEI nonsense because businesses will realize how absolutely horrific it is, not only to the bottom line, but for the morale of the company. DEI divides. It does not engage inclusivity. It rips organizations and people asunder. It abuses people. It creates and foments hate. That's what these officers, that's what these organizations, these DEI organizations within companies do. The idea that 
you need this DEI officer is to say, we are a bigoted company, chock full of hate, and we have no idea how to be decent. So therefore, we have to hire somebody who is black to show us the way to be decent. That's an awkward position. It's an awkward position if the business has a white CEO or a black CEO or an Asian CEO or a Hispanic CEO, a man or a woman, gay or straight. It's an awkward thing to have happen. I didn't know that there was someone I could hire and then all of a sudden I'm decent. No, you're not. It doesn't create decency. What it creates is the perception of decency. I learned this in a very odd conversation where I learned the term black up. I I almost fell out of my chair. A business owner was explaining to me that his friends will get calls. Hey, we'd like for you to be on this board. Hey, we'd like for you to be on this on, on that board. We'd like for you to do this. And they the the friends were always black or Hispanic. And for the black friends, the question that they would ask when being asked to be on a board, well, listen, is this is this a real position or do you just need backup? Backup. Blackup. You 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 just need a, a black face on your board. You just need to show that that you're doing something. The second I heard that, all right, admittedly, I took a second and said, did I hear what I just think I heard? But once you hear it, you know how big the grift is because everybody understands how big the grift is. They're all aware of it. Now, some people are in on it. Other people are just aware of it. Oh, if it's going to help you out, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I don't have to show up to meetings, do I? I don't, I don't, really, I don't really have to do anything, do I? Because if I do, then when we got to discuss it, this is a much different conversation. If the term blackup can be utilized, then that means everybody knows that the whole thing is a bunch of nonsense because it's a bunch of nonsense. This was also part of a conversation. A second, a second conversation took place uh, uh, amongst uh, so, some people where I was, I was listening uh, to a, a, a black woman explain these concepts to uh, some people at a, at a table. I was one of the people at the table, and, and I, I will tell you, uh, for the first time, not for the first time, uh, but for one of the few times in my life, I was totally quiet. I know, I know, it's hard to believe, right? Six hours of radio a day, a weekend podcast, everything else I do. I was totally silent. I was quiet. And I, I knew that I was hearing something that was supposed to matter, but I couldn't figure out what it was. So I was quiet. Where this black woman, a business owner, an executive, was explaining that she tries to teach people this and tries to teach people that, and she would come into a company and do this, and she could help people with, with, with that, all about understanding uh, DEI or race and inclusion and, and these things and, and, and everything that's going on. Something wasn't right. I, I equate it to my blink moment, Malcolm Gladwell's blink, that moment where you see something, you're like, wait a second, something's off. It's like when someone sees a piece of art and they're like, something's missing here. But they don't know what it is. They don't know what it is. I think actually Gladwell uses that as, as like the introduction, uh, as a theory. There's something in you that tells you that something's off. 
You don't know what it is. You don't know why you think something's off. But something is off. Something is, something's not legitimate. That's the feeling I had, but I didn't say a word. As a matter of fact, uh, conversation ended, and I thought about that for months. Until I realized that the thing that was off was, what expertise did this woman have to be able to teach these things? The color of her skin? I'm Jewish, as, as you well know. It doesn't make me an expert on the Holocaust nor anti-Semitism. That I may have been part of uh, more conversations, I may have been part of more conversations about the Holocaust than you, it doesn't make me an expert. That I have had pennies thrown at me when I was a kid. When I was uh, going into my senior year of high school, somebody in New Jersey chemically burned swastikas into my lawn. I was actually on a trip to Israel at the time, so I only saw it as the grass was starting to, to, to grow back. Um, those things happened. Didn't make me an expert in anti-Semitism. How is it possible that this person, who is black, could say, I could teach this, and I could teach that, and I could teach the other, because of the color of your skin? Because of the color of your skin, you are imbued with a secret knowledge that you can pass on to others to help them be decent and good? I reject the premise. Because as a concept, if we were just to take a look at that as the concept, how is that different from a KKK philosophy of those who believe that, well, white is right? Which, of course is insane because Joe Biden is white and he ain't right. It took me months, and I don't know why it took me months. To this day, I couldn't tell you why it took me months. It took me months to to grasp that, to understand what in the world just happened there, where the issue was. And once I figured it out, I was able to understand the DEI conversation more uh, more completely. That we went from never having this conversation to all of a sudden everybody's a DEI expert and it's hired here and hired there and hired the other places. And let's be a little more clear, going a, a step back to where I started. You needed to hire somebody to teach you how to be decent? To teach you how to hire the best person, not the whitest person? Diversity for its sake seems to me to be a foolhardy pursuit. Hiring good people for your business or your enterprise seems like a smart and worthy pursuit. Good people involves all the people. I didn't need anybody. I didn't need a DEI officer in my life to figure that one out. I just knew it. Because I listen to people. I pay attention to what they're saying. I see how they act. I engage with their their content or their conversations or whatever. And I can make determinations. I'm special? The hell I'm special. All right, don't get me wrong. I'm special. But you're special too. That's the whole point. And that's when I started breaking down what it is that's actually happening. And I came to the theory that companies will not have DEI officers in five years because they'll realize that the DEI officer is nothing more than part of this greater scam. 
wanting to hire people who are good people is the right thing to do. Making sure that you recognize that good people come in all shapes and sizes and colors and sexes and sexual orientations, that's smart because they do. And you should, I think, recognize that if you're building a company, building a business, you should want the best people. And those people may not look like you. My God, in all things, they might not think like you. That you have to hire somebody that looks a certain way to do it? That's weird. That is not smart uh, uh, business. That's not savvy. That is playing into a fever dream. That is, in and of itself, bigotry. That is virtue signaling of the highest order. And that is certainly no way at all to run a business or your life. I am only curious to see whether or not these companies, whether or not these companies actually do rehire or whether or not this is the start of the recognition that this is a really bad idea. DEI is a very bad idea, and I'm happy to discuss it with anyone. I'm Tony Katz. So Elon Musk is taking shrapnel, and it's not just for what they did to TweetDeck, which admittedly is a disaster. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. I I use TweetDeck. It's how I look at tweets, and I have columns and everything else, and it's been around for forever, and I've always used it, and I find it very, very easy to use. And they changed it. I, I don't know why. I, I don't know what the, the theory is. Like, they, like there was a while there. I shouldn't say there was a while. It's still happening. Where, where uh, Elon Musk was limiting the number of tweets that you could see. And his argument was, look, people are scraping data, stealing uh, uh, the, 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 the content. And so, therefore, we're going to create limitations. And you're like, well, that's just, that's just weird. But since I don't look at that many tweets anyway, it doesn't have an actual effect uh, uh, on me. But then he made this change to, or they made this change, I guess he made this change to TweetDeck and how the entire system works. And like, I would take like, oh, I want to utilize that tweet in the show. So I would be able to click on a link and get the link to it and then put it in my show sheet. I'd be able to reach it later and other things. You can't do that anymore. It's a mess. And the thing, the, the, the whole layout has changed. It's a disaster. Somebody had tweeted out uh, that uh, new TweetDeck equals new Coke. And I'm like, no, no, no. New Coke is much better than New Tweet Deck. It's a mess. But not only is he taking shrapnel for that, somebody had tweeted out, the childless have little stake in the future. Uh, so he had tweeted that out. Musk tweets out, the childless have little stake in the future. Okay, I don't know if I necessarily believe that. Um, but he's, I think, trying to make an argument that people who have children have, you know, they've, of course, by nature, are thinking about what comes next. And someone wrote, democracy is probably unworkable long-term without limiting suffrage to parents, meaning voting rights only for parents. And Musk responds, yep. And so he's taking shrapnel for that because it seems like he's making the argument that only people with kids, only parents, I should say, should be able to vote. That, that's, that's, that's not workable. But I will leave it to Elon Musk to have to deal with that shrapnel. He's the guy tweeting. It's on him. This is Tony Katz today. Yeah, I got, oh, 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 
cannot tell us that you can't figure out who brought cocaine into the White House. Not buying it, not believing it, and as long as you're going to keep telling we the people that it's unlikely to find who the culprit is who brought cocaine into the White House, well then, I love cocaine! I'm going to say it was Hunter Biden. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com and my book, Let's Go Barbecue. Recipes, tips, and tales from the pit. It's the perfect birthday gift. If you didn't get a Father's Day gift, now's the time to get it. You want to get early Christmas gifts, make it happen. Let's Go Barbecue, available at Amazon.com. Give it a five-star review after you buy the book. Buy 100 copies. It'll be good for you, and I'll appreciate it greatly. Politico has the story, White House cocaine culprit unlikely to be found, according to law enforcement official. What? You won't, you can't find, you can't track, you don't know who brought in coke? Okay, it was Hunter. Now, when you tell me, Tony, how dare you, I'm going to say to you, or to anybody else, it won't be you, right? It'll be them. I'm going to say to them, kiss off. We're sick and tired of this nonsense double standard human garbage. Was Hunter Biden in the White House at the time the White House was found or just before the, the before the cocaine was found? Or just before the cocaine was found? Was he or wasn't he? Who was there? We want a full list. I want to know what cabinet secretary is possibly a cokehead. Is it Miguel Cardona? Secretary of Education? Is it Jennifer Granholm? The Secretary of Energy? Is it Janet Yellen? the Secretary of the Treasury. I want to know if she's all coked up before she goes to meet Xi Jinping and other Chinese leaders in Beijing. I want the answer to the question. Don't you tell me that the culprit can't be found. You want to track every single, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, transaction that I have over $600 to make sure I'm not cheating the IRS. You can't find who brought the coke. Sorry, it was Hunter. Hunter Biden was doing coke in the White House. Tony Katz said so because they won't tell us the truth. And they won't even give us the logs of who was in the damn White House at the time. Now, maybe by now the logs are out there. But are you out of your heads with this? You think you can get away with not talking about this story? No, they're not not talking about it. They're making fun of it. They think that the story is hilarious. They think that this is the funniest thing that they have ever seen and ever heard a day in their lives. This is CNN. It was suspected. The field test said cocaine. Yeah. Now these more conclusive lab tests. Yeah. I would like to know blow by blow who is responsible for this. (laughs) Too soon. (laughs) There is no too soon. No one was injured. As far as we know, and it's an illicit drug at the White House. Why can't you actually have a bit of fun with it? I don't believe in fun. No, he doesn't. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. This is CNN News Central. Inside Politics is up next. See? See, it's not a big deal. It's just some coke. (laughs) If this was the Trump White House... What's going on? Holy crap, I am freaking out. If this was the Trump White House, 
cocaine in the White House. It must have been Eric, or is it Donald Jr.? Who's on drugs? This is not presidential. He's breaking all the presidential norms. We have to impeach. Look, I am not arguing that it's the end of the world. I'm arguing that I will not accept the idea that this can happen and we're going to laugh it off because it's Biden and we don't want to bring it up. If you ever questioned, if you ever wondered what it was like to see the absolute unwillingness of a a press corps to pay attention to a story and give it the same due that they would give it under a Republican president as a Democratic president. If you ever wondered, if you ever wanted to see how the level of duplicitousness, my gosh, does it get any more criminally insane than this? They're laughing about it. A story that if it was a Republican would be the only story there would be. You wouldn't be able to find out other news. It couldn't exist. It wouldn't exist. Of course, uh, CNN continued to cover the story, and they've got a hundred different ways why uh, this isn't a a uh, a, a serious uh, issue. You will you will gladly have CNN analysts letting you know that it probably belonged to a staffer. That's a possibility because people who come through. Uh the tours uh, go through there but that area is you know there's a you've been through that entrance i've been through that entrance it's uh there's a canopy right there it comes in off the street and then you go in there there's a bunch of cubbies where you put your phones if you're going to one of those restricted areas where you can't carry a phone uh, like the situation room or somewhere else uh where people can put other belongings uh and it was found right by where those cubbies are. So that could be a staffer. That could be a member of the press who was there for a specific interview with some. It was Hunter, and everybody knows it. Oh wait, I can't. I can't prove that. I can't. I, does it matter? Why? Why can't I do what MSNBC would do or CNN would do if it was a Republican president? Why can't I just say it was Hunter? Am I supposed to believe? Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, when she tells me that Biden and the family weren't there? And secondly, per the intrigue over the holiday, can you give any more details on where the Secret Service found the cocaine in the West Wing and how it got there? So, as you know, this is under the preview of the Secret Service. Uh, They are currently investigating uh, what happened over the weekend, so I would have to refer you uh, to the Secret Secret Service on all of this. But one thing that I can share, that I'll I'll, uh, share a little bit more information, as you know, the the President and the First Lady and their family were not here this weekend, as you all reported on this, and as you also know that they left on Friday and returned just yesterday. Uh, where uh, where this was discovered uh, is a heavily traveled area where many White House uh, West Wing, I should be even more specific, uh, West Wing visitors uh, come through uh, this particular area. I just don't have anything more to share. It is under investigation by the Secret Service. This is in their purview, and so we're going 
going to, going to allow uh, certainly the investigation to continue, and we have confidence that the Secret Service will get to the bottom of this. Go ahead. Oh, you're confident that the Secret Service will get to the bottom of this, but I have got Politico quoting law enforcement officials saying the White House cocaine culprit unlikely to be found. So what are they going to get to the bottom of? You're going to feed us a statement? And it's a heavily trafficked area. I don't know. Was Hunter Biden there before they went to Camp David? Because that's where they were. They were in Camp David. Okay, they were in Camp David. Was he in the White House? Tell us everything. Not just some things, everything. Because if we're now going to say, oh, it was probably just some staffer, well, at least some reporters are asking the right questions. Will any White House staffers be undergoing drug testing as part of this investigation? So, as you know, um, uh, again, this is under the purview of the Secret Service. But a couple of things that I would add is that White House is subject uh, to rigorous guidelines that include drug testing. And uh, so we will take any action uh, is, that is appropriate and warranted pending the outcome of the Secret Service. Just not going to get into hypotheticals. For- Why do I have to wait for the Secret Service? Joe Biden told us he wasn't going to accept any shenanigans in the White House. Somebody's doing coke. Drug test everybody and do it publicly. I want everybody drug tested. I want every staffer. I want every custodian. I want everybody who works in the lunchroom. I want every cabinet secretary and everybody who works with them drug tested. I want Corinne Jean-Pierre drug tested. And I want Jill Biden drug tested. Everybody, show us. Now, you may think that I'm taking this a little too far. I'm telling you I'm not taking this far enough. They laughed it off. They think it's just a big joke. They think it's kind of hilarious and people are going to make some off-color remarks. Everyone's going to go, (laughs) I had a CNN anchor say, on CNN, you just... You just heard her. Why can't you have a little fun? You can have a little fun by doing coke in the White House. Well, based on the response of President Biden, the answer is yes, because there he is in the Oval Office having one of those uh, joint meetings and they're pushing the press out and he gets asked about it. All right, everybody, uh, you can see there that the president was asked many questions, including how cocaine got into the White House, but did not answer. No, he didn't answer. He just smiled. He didn't take the moment to engage in actual leadership. He didn't engage the moment to say, this is absolutely unacceptable. This is my White House, and I will not tolerate this. And every single staffer will be drug tested and someone's losing their job. It is disgusting. I take it as a personal insult that somebody thought they could bring cocaine into the White House. This is not the message we want to send to children. This is not the message we want to send to Americans. This is absolutely unacceptable. He doesn't do anything like that. I got this guy taking the moral high ground on anything and everything coke in the white house all of a sudden it's a giggle fest these are not serious people these are not adults and i'm gonna say it again the coke belongs to hunter 
And until they can prove to me otherwise, show me the data, I'm going to keep saying it's Hunter. And I don't really give a damn if people are upset. I'll get uh, the Democratic Party of Indiana, right? I'm in Indiana, of course. And and they're going to be squawking at me. People are going to come at me on Twitter. Kiss off. The Democratic Party is going to accept giggling as an acceptable answer. The Democratic Party is totally unserious. This is out of control nuts. It's crazy. It's got to be the craziest thing I've ever seen. Never mind that cocaine got into the White House, which I think we can all agree is a bit insane. And I guess maybe if we thought about it and the kind of people who've been in the White House, I don't know, maybe some could have gotten in there before. But we won't. We don't even have a response. We don't have a response that we're going to drug test everybody. We don't have a response from the White House that this isn't something that we, we, we accept. We are absolutely opposed to this. This was Dana Perino on Fox News. The White House also dodging questions left and right on the cocaine caper. So what's preventing a visitor from bringing in anthrax or something that's not magnetic into the White House? No, look, Luigi, I totally understand the question, but it is under investigation. Does the White House support the prosecution of this individual? I'm just not going to get into hypotheticals from here. Would the president be satisfied with, sir, this is a busy room and we found some cocaine? We don't know who brought it. So let's see what the Secret Service says, right? How determined is the president to get to the bottom who brought illegal drugs into the White House? The president thinks it is incredibly important to get to the bottom of this. The hell he does. He was asked the question and he giggled. He smiled. I'm sorry, CNN was giggling. He was just smiling. And then at the same press briefing, Corinne Jean-Pierre has the audacity to say this. You know, the president uh, uh, is proud to have restored the rule of law uh, in his administration. And I can tell you here and I can tell you now that he will not exploit uh, his, uh, uh, his office with conventions at the White House like it was done in the last administration. He will not do that in his, uh, on the South in his administration. I can... It's just insane. It's just criminally insane so why does the story matter so much it shows that this is not a serious administration it doesn't feel accountable to the people it doesn't hold itself or the people who work there to any standard and the so-called vaunted press who were somehow supposed to respect for some reason because they tell the truth would rather giggle on national television then ask, how does this happen? That question by a a reporter uh, about anthrax, that's a seriously good question. And the CNN people say, ah, a little Coke, it's a little fun. What's the big deal? These are not serious people. And we should say so. And anybody who votes for them, and this is a good, uh, important lesson for all the suburban soccer moms out there who voted for Biden because Trump was just too much. This is what you voted for. Don't you get that you were wrong? You were wrong. You voted for unserious people. You voted for dangerous people. And you just voted for people who can have Coke in the White House and they're going to giggle past it. All while telling your kids if they don't wear a seatbelt in their car, they're going to jail. Or at least getting a ticket. No one's even going to get a ticket. It's Coke.
Good Lord. I really do hope you learn your lesson. This White House is unserious. This vaunted press corps doesn't care about journalism. And you can't vote for this again. I'm Tony Katz. Threads is out. Yeah, it's, it's a social media platform from the people who brought you Facebook and Instagram. It actually, I think, attaches to Instagram. And it's a microblogging service like Twitter because if you can't get enough of Twitter, you really need just one more place to vent all your insanities. I don't, I don't know why Facebook is in it. I, they, they must figure there's a market. They must figure there's a way for, for financial gain. But Instagram, which is photo-based, also has videos, shorts, and things like that. I think they call them reels, right? On Instagram, they're reels. Uh, you don't really get the hate and the insanity that you get on Twitter. So I don't know why they would want to bring uh, more of that kind of angry world into it, but they're, they're going to do what they do. Uh, so uh, so Threads is out, and, and I, I signed up this morning uh, at Tony Katz on Threads. You, you can follow me there. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to have two threads or two millions. I have no idea. When does this end? When can I just rest? I'm like Tony Stark, only hoping that Gwyneth Paltrow will be like, it's okay. You don't have to use social media anymore. Oh, that's the dream. That Just without the dying part. That's all. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Today.